We're going to start with a nice word on Parshas Koirach. The Ksav brings a word that he touches Rav Lechem Ki Cholowaydu Kilom Kedoshim. As Rashi explains what Koirach was saying with that, Kiluni Shemani Anoich Valiyelechu. We all heard the same thing from Hashem. What are you, Moshe Rabbein? You heard the Yachsen, what you heard. He spoke to Hashem. We all did. So we're all Kilom Kedoshim and there's no reason why you should be I'm taking the Kehina and the Malicha for yourself. So he says something very interesting. He says that, that um, Moshe Rabbeini was Masnat, so the Rashi brings it, that, but the Masayis Adibris, that the Hashem said the Lushan, Anoichi Hashem Alekei Chu, Chu Lushan Yuchid, Hashem was talking individually to who? To Moshe Rabbeini. Moshe Rabbeini said that when Kaisal sinned and did, and, you know, did the wrong thing, well, you didn't tell to them, you told it to me. Moshe Rabbeini was saying that I only spoke to him. And he was saying it to me, Malam Atzchis, on Yidin, that you know, he, he never told it to them. He said it to me. And this is what Koirach was challenging over here. He says, Kiluni Shemani Why was he challenging this? Moshe Rabbeini meant it with the Torah of Kali Yisrael. So he, he says something interesting. He says, Koirach was trying to explain that B'nai Yisrael were Choyte, with the Masa Eigel, but they did Shiva. In other words, if you're right, Moshe Rabbeini, and they, did, they weren't Choyte, and it was just you, then technically they didn't do anything wrong, then the Shiva wasn't a major Shiva. Right? They didn't do anything great coming back because they never did anything wrong in the first place. But now that I'm telling you that they really did hear the Anoichin Yilichu and it wasn't a Vaira, the Chiva was a Chiva. What's the, big, what's the point of that? Well, he said, Mukam Shabbat Chiva, Oimdin, Ein Sadikin Gemira, Vichoyim Lamad. You're a Tzadik Gomer, Moshevain. You didn't do an Avaira. They did. They've been there. They've been in the trenches. They've been through the difficulties and the challenges and they came out of it. Somebody who comes out of it is stronger and bigger and better than somebody who was never in it. And that's what he was saying, even more than you, because they all heard Anoichi, and they all fell through, and they all came back. You know, just the idea of understanding the concept of Mukam Shvalachiva Oimdan, and Tzadikim Gemirim Echayim Lamad, understanding the idea that coming out of a difficulty is greater and stronger than the one who was never in it, is something that when it comes to any situations and Shalom bias and conflict, is, is a tremendous idea. Because so often people get stuck on the things in the past, so often people get stuck on the hurt feelings that happened or the miscommunications that were said or whatever happened between a couple as if it would have been better if it would have never happened. Now aside from the fact that it might be inevitable and it's silly to expect things to never get challenging in the first place, but very often when you deal with things the right way, you'll notice that it's those challenging situations and the ones that you ironed out and overcame and asked forgiveness about and, and apologized over and worked through and understood and, and analyzed and those are the ones that make you closer. So I'm not suggesting they don't want to fight around and, and get into conflict to be able to get closer, just like the Torah wouldn't um, suggest that you do an avayda to, to get to the madraiga of Mukum Shabbat Shiva Oimdan, but there's definitely truth to it. And very many people, just last week I was talking to a man who was, who was describing to me what the first few years of marriage looked like and what the last few years looked like, and aside from seeing the significant improvement, he was actually thankful for all the difficulties that helped him and his wife work them out and, and understand each other better and realize what it was that caused those problems and they came to a certain communication, a certain connection, you know, which they, they realized what they would not have achieved. So with that, I'm going to read a question that actually came with a follow-up question. You know, some, some Amazon reviews sometimes have like a follow-up a few months later, and unfortunately, I wish I could service people better, but by the time, by the time I get to an answer of a question, it's, it's often months after the question was sent in. And, and once in a while, I get these follow-ups you know, regarding a question sent to you in two months ago, I'll tell you where it's holding now. So I'm going to read a question that came in like that. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for your amazing classes. I listen to them every week and I'm blown away each time. I also read your book and felt so validated. I've grown so much after implementing the ideas you speak and write about and my life has changed for the better. Your mahalach is amazing and easy to follow. Thank you. 
Okay, thank you so much for that. We are married, Baruch Hashem, for X amount of years with X amount of adorable kids, Kanayi Nahara. I'm a typical UV sensitive, needy, and emotional person. My husband is the true blue or Englishman, a reserved person who has difficulty sharing and expressing. Of course, he has amazing mildness, which I appreciate. The beginning of our marriage up until recently was a disaster, which I don't think I have to elaborate on, but our marriage was treading on a very thin line. I was sad and lonely and erupted in anger often. Baruch Shem, after seeing an Ehrlich therapist and reading your book, I realized who I am and where my husband is coming from. I'm learning to accept and grow, and marriage is slowly changing for the better. I'm happier and calmer, and you have a very big part in it. Thank you. Okay, thank you for that. However, there is one area which I find very difficult, and I get ticked off easily, which throws everything off course. I almost never receive understanding, validation, empathy, or support. There's also not much eye contact. I basically, I basically don't feel listened to. For example, I start speaking, and my husband can walk away and get a drink and would answer from the other room. Or he would lie down on the couch and close his eyes while I'm speaking. Or he knows I have something to say and encourage me to share it, but when I'm finished, he won't answer and he won't say bye and just walk out the door. Needless to say, I get upset, and in my husband's terms, I start hacking at him, and I get into a nervous mood. This shuts him down completely and tunes him out, and he feels unsafe to open up and share anything. It's a vicious cycle, and the marriage is so inconsistent because of this, and we don't know how the day will end. It's also hard for me to say I'm sorry. The question is, how do I control myself from hacking, even when I'm upset, so that I can create space for my husband to be himself and share, and also ultimately give me what I need, the empathy, support, validation, and understanding, so that our marriage can become strong and loving. Clear examples on how to do that would be appreciated many things. Okay, that was the first letter. Then, after some time, I got on this follow-up email. Hi, I'd like to share an update which might change the course of the question and answer. Around the time I wrote in the question, I started seeing an amazing college teacher, slash coach, who was guiding me through. Baksham, I'm slowly becoming more aware and I'm coming to understand how I was sabotaging my own happiness by doing or saying the wrong things. I'm learning, along with your shiurim, how to communicate in an effective way to be a wife, to compliment, respect, and do all other good things a wife should be doing. My question is now slightly different. How do I learn to embrace everything about my husband, his nature, his chasroinus, understand and accept and respect him always, that even when I get ticked off and something is bothering me, I'm still able to fully respect him, communicate effectively, and keep the marriage steady. Thank you so much. Okay. So, let's, let's try to address different points of these two letters. Um, the first, just starting with a wow and a compliment for somebody who is both self-aware and doing self-work. But I'm not just saying it to be polite. I have no, I have no idea who you are. Um, I don't even know if you're going to be listening to this. Uh, I hope you are. But in any case, this is definitely something that is amazing. That somebody could both read a book and listen to Shurim and start noticing and becoming self-aware. I see where I'm getting ticked off. I see where I'm taking things wrong. I see where I'm self-sabotaging. I see where I'm not communi- communicating effectively, etc. This is, this is amazing. And this is something we should all be doing, independently of whatever anyone else is contributing to a problem. Which means it's not because your husband is more or less part of the problem that you should be doing this on your own and taking care of your own issues and working on yourself. No, no it has nothing to do. Even if he's a bigger part of the problem or even just 50% of the problem, etc., and everyone in their own dynamics um, should fill in the blanks of who's causing what, but that a person could see where am I contributing to this and what could I do differently? That's something we talk about often and something that you know, it's always amazing to see people actually be able to do that and, and it's very commendable, very commendable. I'll mention something, just throw it in here. I may have mentioned this in the past. Very sensitive uh, idea. But sometimes when people are asking information when it comes to a Zivik Shani marriage, right? Second marriage. People ask information. Um, how's this guy? How's she? What, what, what have they been through? Why they get divorced? You know, people look for these kind of uh, 
understandings. You know, you, you, you want a second marriage, you have to know what happened the first time, right? And very often people are very comforted by hearing, oh, you don't know she was married to a crazy guy. Everyone knows he's, he's, he's totally crazy. Very many, very, many, very many people are comforted by that. Oh, so, so the person she was married to is crazy. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll take her. Or the other way around. Oh, his wife was off the wall. Everyone knows she had Yiddish guy issues, whatever. So it's important to remember and realize that the fact that one person could be totally crazy or wrong doesn't yet mean that the other one is all the way right. I don't know why people make that mistake so often. Oh, so it must have been her fault. You could have two people that are contributing to a problem equally. That's first of all. Forget about the fact that sometimes the way it's projected as married to the crazy one, the crazy one's not so crazy. And that's just projecting and the way someone, uh, it's a perspective and everything else. And, and very often that's also misused. But I'm saying even if it's true, even if it's true and, and you verify, there's guys over the wall, he can't get along with anyone. Does that mean that his wife was being nice to him or respectful? Does that mean that she's polite and forgiving and flexible? I, I don't know why people assume that. My point is just that very often people look at a situation and they're comforted by seeing that there's somebody who's clearly at fault or contributing to the problem without realizing that that doesn't in any way contradict that there might be another person contributing to it and doesn't in any way absolve anyone else from doing what they should be doing. So any woman who's dealing with a problem and going for help and becoming self-aware, or any man for that matter, and working on themselves and working on their communication and their whatever it is, that's amazing, that's how things should be. And it's not because your husband is more or less of the problem in this relationship at all. Of course it's important to remember and to point out that self-awareness has nothing to do with being self-blaming or self-critical, because that's what people get stuck. I can't be aware because making myself aware of, of what I can be doing differently means that I'm at fault. You're not at fault. Could be someone else is at fault. You might not even be at fault at all and still be contributing. As a matter of fact, what you're talking about being sensitive, we'll talk about that soon, but being sensitive, and for those who read my book and hear my courses, sensitivity is a very, very big part of emotional conflict and interpersonal difficulties. Nobody's at fault for being sensitive. When you don't get along with somebody who's too sensitive, he's not any more at fault uh, for being sensitive than you are for not taking his sensitivity seriously. And you're not either more at fault for not being aware of how sensitive he is uh, than he is for not communicating, not communicating his sensitivities. So there's nothing, it's not about um, being self-critical or blaming or taking responsibility. It's about being self-aware and learning what you could do. And this is something that very many people get stuck on for some reason. One more thing I want to commend you on is for getting real help. First you mentioned a good Erdogan therapist who's been helping you. Then you're talking about a college teacher, a coach who's helping you. And they're helping you. Many people are going for help and not being helped. Very many, very many people are going for help and not, not even knowing what help means. They don't know how to assess if they're being helped. They, they don't know if things are getting better or not. They don't know if somebody is encouraging them to do even a better part and a bigger part in a relationship or less or more or just play victim or just to get validation. Getting help and being helped is two things and it's very important to make sure that it's going together. Now, even if you're going to someone for help and the person's telling you that you should be tougher and not be taken for a ride, not be stepped on, even that has to be implemented and communicated the right way. Which means not always is the person you're going to help for um, to going to tell you that you should be nicer. Sometimes they'll tell you, no, you, you, you're being taken advantage of, you're codependent, etc. But if you don't know how to use that information and better your relationship, then that wasn't helpful. There's a lot to talk about that, but let me just move on. First, let me talk about your side, and then I'll talk about the other side. Okay? Your side means I'm talking to the person who's writing this. Reading a book and realizing and becoming self-aware that you're very sensitive, let's call it. Right? Acknowledging that you're high-maintenance, let's call it. You're needy, you're emotional. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a problem. As a matter of fact, all human beings are high-maintenance, each in their own way. Everyone has the maintenance that they need. 
Some people can't go on a vacation or can't go overnight somewhere without taking along some creams and lotions and medicines and vitamins. We all have what it takes to, to you know, be happy and content and, and healthy. So the fact that somebody um, realizes that there might be high maintenance, there's nothing wrong with it, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to, to deny. At the same time, this should help you understand your spouse better, which means you'll be less critical of somebody who didn't understand that or didn't know it, first of all. You'll also be more empowered to communicate better when you realize it. And these are things that people don't want to acknowledge. They, they feel like, wait, I'm high maintenance? What, you think I need a lot of, a lot of uh, empathy? I'm not, there's nothing wrong with needing it. You don't have to feel bad that you need it. And you, you should just realize that the fact that you married someone who didn't realize how much you need that absolves them maybe of some guilt and some blame. And the fact that you could communicate it now because you realize it just makes you all the stronger and all the better and all the more capable. I don't see it to be very different than somebody who's tired or hungry. Um, if you're very tired or very hungry, it, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. You may have been up late at night for whatever reason. You, could, you didn't have what to eat. You were too busy. It's fine. But acknowledging, yes, I'm tired, I'm hungry. It might not be that you're trying to, to irritate me now or get me angry. I'm just very tired and very hungry. And now I could communicate to you and tell you, you know, I'm really hungry, I'm very, I'm very tired. These are things that when you acknowledge them, they, 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 they're so much more helpful. The acknowledgement alone, the awareness and the communication about it is something that's very um, important. And you could be clear and you could be understanding and you could express it without feeling guilty for feeling that way and without making someone else feeling guilty for not knowing it or not addressing it on their own. Very important. In general, being assertive and very politely clarifying to somebody your needs, whether your emotional needs or your physical needs or any needs, without, make, without demanding it or making them feel bad that they didn't know it, or without being ashamed of it, it's just so important. This is what I tend to need. I don't think it obligates you. I don't think it's your problem that you didn't know it. I don't even think you, you, you should have given it to me or, or you have to give it to me. This is something that will make it easier for me. I would appreciate it if you could do that for me. When you know how to say that, you're a winner. And many people, unfortunately, don't know how to say it the right way. I do want to throw in, there's something I, I mention from time to time, only because I'm talking to somebody who has been to therapists and people that were understanding, and maybe you find me to be understanding of, of these kind of feelings, whether in my book or, or my classes. Your husband is, is not a trained therapist. Remember that. He's not a trained therapist. He may be getting over with a lot of people and still not understand the specific needs of somebody who's very emotional or very um, sensitive or high-wired or challenged or whatever it is. That's first of all. Your husband's not a mind reader. So there are many things that you would expect him to know or want him to know, but he has no way of knowing. And just to be cute, I'll throw in, he's not getting paid to listen to you or to take you seriously. Now, I don't mean to disqualify anyone who you are paying and saying, well, they only mean your money. No, they can be very nice people, but at the end of the day, they're getting paid to listen to you and give you a certain feeling and understanding. And your husband's only a husband. He's only a young man out of coil or just wherever he's coming from, wherever he's going to. And, and it's only a side job, you know, taking care of his wife. It's not his full occupation. He's taking care of himself, he's taking care of a family, he's taking care of a household. There's a lot of things going on over there, and it's important to remember that the undivided attention that a, ther- a trained therapist who is a shtickle mind reader and knows how to hear you out and help you and deal with you, and, but it's only a designated hour, you know, there's definitely only so much you can expect from a spouse. And, and sometimes people don't realize the limitations or capabilities that a spouse has, and they start comparing. How come my therapist understands me? You don't... Whatever ridiculous questions. Like, go move into your therapist and stop paying her and let's see if you can really... Um, with all her understanding and training, what she could really offer you. Um, with that said, let me just add another few parts of, of your side. I'm still talking to you. And that is, I'm talking to you about your issue. I'm always talking to the person asking the question, but now I'm talking to you about what's going on with you. It's important to remember that part of acknowledging that you might be sensitive and emotional and needy is that a lot of what you're 
experiencing is perspective. Now, perspective can't be proven wrong or right. Perspective is perspective. We could all see things differently. We could all have different opinions and feelings about things. What seems to you obvious that you're in the middle of a sentence and he's walking out and being rude might, again, it's only an example. I don't know. I'm saying might. Might not be something that he sees at all. He might, he might say, well, I, I, finished till, I waited till she finished talking and I walked out. What do you mean you finished? You didn't realize I was waiting for an answer? No, I didn't realize. So then why do you say, oh, because I thought that I'm just saying. Again, it's not, this is so silly to debate over and it's just important to acknowledge that you, you might not be wrong and he might still be seeing something else. There's room for more than one perspective. And very often emotions have such an effect and such an influence on how we experience things that it's almost hard to realize or to acknowledge or to accept that in reality it might, it might not be 100% only the way that you're experiencing something. So the fact that you're noticing a lot of things over here, um, a lot of examples you're giving where he's just not getting it or not whatever, you know, it's, it's just important to, see, to realize that he might be seeing something very differently. One more thing I'm going to mention is that you right at the end of some paragraph you stuck it in over there um, that it's hard for you to say I'm sorry it is very hard to say I'm sorry first of all it's very hard to say I'm sorry um, and it's very hard sometimes to not complain or to bicker or to get into some conflict but it's very very important and with the right amount of help and the right amount of awareness the right amount of working on yourself and overcoming those difficulties you do those things and they make huge huge impact in the relationship very many people say I, I know I should you know, People talk sometimes about their shortcomings and they think that because they're acknowledging it, so it's more okay because I acknowledge it, so it's not so terrible. So I hear this often, people, I know I should really be more home, uh, home more often with my wife, I'm almost never home, but it's hard for me. The fact that you know you should and it's hard for you doesn't, doesn't take away from the fact that if you would be there more often, things would be different. So when somebody says, I know I should apologize, but it's very hard for me, so, whoa, you're going on too fast, stop. It's hard for you and you know you should and when you overcome that, it's a major accomplishment and it will really help you. Part of the accomplishment is not that it will get you the good feedback and your husband will go crazy. Wow, she said, I'm sorry. Even though Sundays you'd be surprised, but he might. Just this week, Ingalan was showing me a text that he got from his wife, an apology, which Baruch Shema was able to help him um, attract. For the first time in his life, he was like, I can't believe she apologized. I never got this before. My point is just that you might not be getting the good feedback from your husband directly, but you should feel a major accomplishment on your own when you do the right thing that's hard for you. When you, when you apologize to someone and it helps turn the page and it helps ease the tension, even if you're not getting a lot of attention for it and even if it's very hard to do because it might seem like you're implying that you may have had some part in a conflict, you did the right thing, you should feel very good about it. Um, so even without any major recognition, you should feel good about those kind of successes. With all that said, I think I only answered like 50% of what you asked so far. I want to I go back to let's, what, what I'm going to call his side of what's going on over here. Like I mentioned... Your sensitivity level and your contribution to a problem doesn't in any way rule out anything about him. You mentioned that you're UV and he's blue. I happen to think that you're wrong um, and you're not assessing this right. But let me explain instead of going into the terms and the assessments. That's not what I'm here for. I'm usually sharing awareness about people's sensitivities the other way around, interestingly. Very often, um, people will notice where, oh, my spouse, so sensitive, so irrational, so emotional, makes no sense, so worked up, so high-wired, right? People will see that faster in somebody else and less often in themselves. And they'll see themselves as being logical and balanced and responsible and, and calm. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, it takes some time and some creativity to be able to get through to someone and say, you know, you're right, you're, your spouse is very emotional, but you might also not be so logical and so balanced and what you did now wasn't so, you know, it wasn't coming from rational thinking and it's not coming from flexibility. And very often people don't, know, don't see that because their emotions are playing on them and they don't realize where they're being irrational or emotional. So sometimes that's the bigger trick. 
Other times, it's the other way around. Less frequently, by the way. You have somebody who's seeing themselves as being very emotional and needy, and owning up to it and being aware of the fact that I might be self-sabotaging my relationship and I'm doing all the wrong things, and not seeing that part in someone else, which technically is good, that you're being more self-critical than blaming someone else, let's call it. But what you might not be noticing is how emotional and how sensitive your spouse is. And what's happening now, it's blinding you from realizing how much you should be helping your spouse feel good. And how, if you would do that better, you'd be helping him react better because now he's feeling more emotionally comfortable. So let me explain that. I talk sometimes about this double standard in relationships. Um, Yeah, when it comes to, for example, when I talk about the love languages people get stuck on. When you're communicating to someone else, try to talk in their language. Wonderful, that's what you should be doing. When somebody's talking to you, try to understand their language. They may be expressing something which doesn't necessarily talk to you, but they're really saying it. Don't say they didn't say it. Now somebody says, oh, it's not fear. What do you mean? I have to talk in their language. They're talking... Well, you don't have to, but when you're working on yourself and trying to make the best of all your relationships and people around you and putting in your work, part of your work is to have that double standard of demanding a little more of yourself than someone else. Being a little more forgiving and understanding of someone else than of yourself. That's just, that's just the way smart and effective people work. And most often it actually attracts and triggers other people to do the right thing as well, but that's not the focus. The focus is what can I do better? So sometimes people say, well, if I'm focusing what I can do better, then he should be focusing what he can do better. I, I know, but that's the point. Focus on yourself and not on someone else. My point now with this, where I'm bringing this in over here, is when it comes to emotional needs. When somebody realizes that they're emotional and sensitive, it's nothing to be upset about, nothing to deny, nothing to feel guilty about, but it's, it's there, but that understanding should help you realize that maybe my spouse didn't mean to hurt my feelings. Maybe I'm just too emotional. Maybe that comment wasn't really a personal, a personal uh, uh, um, um, offensive comment. Maybe I just took it that way. Maybe the fact that he didn't ask me or tell me in advance uh, wasn't because he doesn't care about me, but it's because that's how he was. And maybe I just took it the wrong way. That's how you interpret your own emotions, by forgiving other people and coming to the way, and then communicating to them. This means a lot to me. I appreciate if you understand it. I'm emotional. This is the way I like when it's done. That's fine. Not just to wallow in the pain and, 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 and swallow, but to realize nobody meant anything bad. When it comes to someone else's emotions and someone else's sensitivities, that's where it demands of us to be more careful with how they feel. And not to say, well, read the book. Learn that nobody meant to hurt you. That's not, that's not the way it should be. That's not, what, that's not what the book teaches. The book teaches that when you notice sensitivity in yourself, be aware of it, acknowledge it, and start understanding other people better because of it, like you did. But when it comes to other people, their emotions and their sensitivities and their high alert and high wire should make you treat them differently. And anyway, in any case, what I think that is going on over here, and I'm saying it not because I'm trying to guide this questioner one-on-one, Actually, we have good guidance and good help. I'm just trying to help people understand how sometimes you don't notice the other side. You might be feeling very hurt and it's good to communicate about it and be understanding of your spouse. You might not be realizing that what it comes across to me is that your husband's being what you described as uh, uh, very reserved and very English or difficulty sharing and expressing is also coming from a lot of sensitivity. Maybe being expressed a little different than yours, but a lot of sensitivity. And the fact that he sees you as bombarding him or bickering or being that's also the way he's taking something that's very he's very allergic to and it's very challenging to him being an emotional person and his reaction to that might also be very emotional and maybe even irrational maybe maybe not so not so flexible and logical like some people would do it but he's reacting i think it's very important for you to start uh, understanding that so aside from the general acceptance which you also mentioned how do i come to accept my husband completely i think that just understanding your husband better will help you accept him better Without working necessarily on acceptance of somebody, despite his chesroyness, despite things I don't like about him, understand them. Understand why he's behaving a certain way. Realize how reactive he's being. 
and it will give you insight on how to make him feel more understood, how to make him feel more respected, how to talk to him nicely, how to treat him in a way that he'll feel better, and be able to now give that back, and emit Hashem, you know, give that reflective um, reaction that you're really looking for. And I think that, that when you realize that he means no bad with these things, not just because he's not guilty and you know that he doesn't mean anything bad, but because he's actually simply reacting to how he feels. And there are so many things that you might appreciate that he might appreciate the same thing, he's just not saying it as much as you are. He might be less expressive than you, based on his secondary nature and other things. But I think that when you come to that understanding, it will be very helpful for you, both in terms of acceptance and to actually better the situation you're dealing with. And this is the part that many, very many people don't, don't realize. Um... I talk about it, I think I write it in my book as well, but when two people are in a relationship and they're both emotional, they're both sensitive, they're both contributing with their own emotional, personal challenges to difficulties, it's easier, and this is why people challenge me sometimes, if you only take one side of a couple, I only sit with men, how do you resolve situations? So if the answer is that in a situation where the woman is the one that's very, very sensitive and very challenging, so I'm talking to the husband about understanding the wife better, okay, that people still understand. What do you do if the, if the husband's the problem, or if they're both a problem? The answer is that even when two people are a problem, people are both sensitive and overreacting and emotional and challenged, it's still easier to have each one of them focus on the other one's emotions. It's easier for me to talk to Yanko, explain to Yanko, you know, your wife is getting very hurt by something. I think if you think about and, and focus on how you can make sure she's feeling better, everything will work out better. Instead of telling Yanko to work on his own emotions and calm down and be in control of himself and not overreact, that's very hard whoever tried it, it's easier to tell Yanka, you know what, forget about how you're feeling. Let's think about how she's feeling. She's overreacting, right? Let me tell you how you talk to somebody who's overreacting. Let me, let me teach you how to work with somebody who could be insulted very quickly. Let me, let me teach you how to express something to somebody who has a very low tolerance. Getting Yanko to understand and deal with his wife's irrational and, and overworked emotional challenges is easier than getting to work on his own. Because when it's himself... It's one within him, and it's very hard for him to see it logically and to deal with it and understand it. But with her, she understands it, he understands it better. And it's, it's a longer discussion. I'm not here to train people to be therapists or try to help other people. My point is just that instead of just thinking about how you feel and just working on your own emotions, which, I, again, like I started off with, and I mean it, it's amazing, it's commendable, and you should keep on doing that. I think when you start focusing on how he's feeling and start, and start implementing things, like you said, that you read in my book, about dealing with hypersensitivity, not only in your own hypersensitivity, but on his, I think you really see um, a lot of differences. So of course it's wonderful when two people are on the same page. It's wonderful when two people are in this together. But don't wait for that. Do your own thing first. Focus on how you can make your spouse feel a lot better. I think that's a tremendous thing. I will throw in one more thing about um, acceptance, because you asked specifically, right, your question is, how do I accept my husband? Acceptance is, is, is hard to do emotionally. And sometimes people wait or look for the answer, how to make it easier emotionally. You might never get that. It could always be hard for you emotionally to accept somebody with their challenges. It's a conscious decision that I'm going to accept even though it's hard. I'm going to stop trying to change them. I'm going to stop trying to focus on the difficulty. I'm going to stop, trying to, I'm going to stop rehashing the resentment and the, and the negative feelings I have toward it because this is what it is and I accept it the way it is. Somebody just told me something fascinating last week. It was uh, Yigaman dealing with a kid, struggling in a different area, and, and talking to different professionals, trying different techniques and different methods. And everything was working a little bit. You know, this method of parenting and that method of parenting, this brought these results, but brought about different challenges, this brought these results. And everything in its own way. And he said, you know what? Me and my wife decided, it sounded like they came up with it on their own, actually. We're going to work on accepting this kid. He, he told me there was nothing specific, nothing technical, nothing 
Nothing that I could even point to what we did or said differently. But we worked on emotionally accepting this child for who he is with his challenges. We love you dearly. You're a wonderful kid. You're special. You're good. And just keeping on thinking that despite his challenges, and he was very, very challenging, and he is very challenging, he's difficult. He said the change they saw in this child from when they, when they started having that attitude together, husband and wife on one page, was amazing. And it's, 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 it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to see what acceptance could do. And what acceptance means. Acceptance didn't mean they decided that it's wonderful to have a challenging child. Acceptance didn't mean that, wow, you add so much to this family, you're such an asset and a treasure. No, they accepted the child when he was still being very difficult, and he's actually still quite challenging. But the change was, was amazing. So you're right that you aspire for a strong and loving marriage. It's wonderful. And I only give you a bracha to get there and achieve it. And starting on your own, working on yourself, being self-aware, communicating what you're self-aware about, and focusing on what you could do to make your husband feel better, working on what you could do to make him feel needed and respected, and all those things that you really want, and that he's not telling you he needs, but I'm telling you that he might need it, I think that will help you both live together.